Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. I'm Stephen Overly. The company behind ChatGBT is now using artificial intelligence to moderate online content and says it could soon be used on other platforms. The announcement from OpenAI marks a step forward for the technology, and AI moderators could take down harmful content more quickly than humans. But looking at this through a DC lens, online content moderation has been a political flashpoint. In recent years, conservatives have hammered big tech companies with accusations of bias and censorship. Perhaps AI will be viewed as a neutral referee. Or perhaps OpenAI will soon find itself in the political hot seat as well. Congress may have only begun to consider regulations for AI, but new rules in China have just gone into effect. Among the 24 guidelines companies must now follow are requirements to register their services with the federal government and conduct security tests before going to market. Last year, Colorado Congressman Ken Buck was the lead Republican pushing to rein in big tech's market power. He formed an unexpected alliance with his Democratic counterpart on the House Antitrust Committee, and together they advanced a series of bills that targeted companies like Amazon, Meta, Apple, and Google. But the most consequential bills failed to become law. And when Republicans took control of the House, Buck was effectively demoted from his subcommittee post, and his antitrust crusade went quiet. But on today's Politico Tech, Buck tells me the issue is dormant, not dead. And he said he's still recruiting new allies on the right and the left, while shifting his primary focus to other issues where bipartisanship is possible, like AI. Well, Congressman, thank you uh, for joining us on Politico Tech. Are you in district now? Are you in Colorado? I am in God's country. I am far away from the swamp, and I'm having a, a great uh, August visiting with my constituents and, and uh, just getting things done here. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you joining us. want to talk about a few different tech topics that I know you're uh, passionate about and involved in. Um, and wanted to actually kick things off talking a bit about antitrust, if we could, and sort of some of the the legislation you've worked on in the past on tech, you know, tech market dominance. In the last Congress, you and Congressman David Salini were able to move a series of bills out of the House Judiciary Committee, but not quite out of the full chamber. You know, is there any appetite for that legislation now that Republicans are in control of the House? So we, we actually moved uh, three bills out of uh, off the House floor. We passed three bills in the House. Uh, they were passed in the Senate. So um, of the um, probably six or seven bills that came through the House Judiciary Committee, a few of them got out. Uh, the more significant, uh, far-reaching bills did not. Um, there is not an appetite right now. Uh, and as we get closer to a presidential election year, there's going to be even less of an appetite to, to deal with some of the big tech antitrust issues. Why isn't there that appetite? Is that just sort of, you know, Republican sort of resistance to kind of interfering in markets or is there something more there? It's a great question. I, I don't know. I know that the, the Judiciary Committee um, uh, Antitrust Subcommittee uh, is is now um, different uh, since the Republic since my, my party, the Republicans have taken uh, the majority. Uh, we have a number of people who are not in favor of moving antitrust uh, legislation. 
And I think that uh, the, uh, the committee as a whole uh, on the Republican side uh, dramatically uh, changed in, in the last year. So um, I, I think it's just very difficult to get a majority in the Judiciary Committee to move something. I think that the uh, chairman, I'm not sure that Chairman Jordan is against every antitrust bill, but I think uh, the antitrust bills that uh, came through the committee regarding the um, uh, big tech, uh, he opposed, um, uh, I think, all but one uh, last Congress. You know, I'm wondering with everything that you experienced last Congress, you know, trying to build bipartisan support around some of these bills. And as you said, so, some did make it through, others didn't. Do you still want to be kind of a champion on this issue? You know, it does in some ways seem like a, a bit of a thankless cause within the Republican Party. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a thankless cause. And, and yes, I want to be a champion, but I have to be realistic. There are a lot of uh, issues that I can focus on at this point, and um, I'm focused on those issues where I can uh, develop bipartisan uh, support. The the stock ban, for example, um, not allowing members to uh, invest in individual stocks because of conflicts of interest. Um, I think that's a bill that, that has broad bipartisan support and that's something that will move forward. And so I'm interested in spending my time on, on an issue like that. Uh, the, the big tech antitrust issues will not move forward in this Congress. And so even though I'm a champion, um, it's it's behind the scenes, it's talking to new members, uh, it's really laying the groundwork for the future. But this year uh, or next year, I don't I don't anticipate anything coming to committee or uh, for markup or to the full floor for a vote. I wonder, you know, you uh, I've seen you speak in the past about how, you know, working with um, Congressman Cicilline, he was sort of very instrumental in awakening you to some of these issues around big tech dominance. And now that you're having these conversations with new members trying to lay groundwork for the future, are you sort of serving that role for, for other members? I, you know, I think uh, David was helpful to me, but uh, certainly David and I disagree about 98% of the issues. So I was a little skeptical about, you know, right. what he said, but really it was the uh, hearings that we were involved in that convinced me. And so that that's what I'm trying to do for other members is to talk to them about the issues that I learned about, give them some reading material. Um, I, I published a book recently on the big tech antitrust issues. Uh, I've given that book out to a lot of Republican members. I don't know if it's most or, or not, but certainly a lot of Republican members um, as background reading material. So my, I, I think the best way to lead on this issue is to uh, make people aware, make members aware of what's going on and, and step back and, and let them draw their own conclusions. Have you found, you know, with um, Congressman Cicilline now having left the Hill, have you found a Democrat who you sort of see as a comparable ally on on this? I think there are a number of them. And, and again, um, when the issue starts to heat up again, um, perhaps in the next Congress or the Congress after, uh, we'll see which Democrat decides to take this on um, and, and all of the issues that are associated with it. Uh, certainly one of my colleagues from uh, the Colorado delegation, uh, Joe Neguse, is uh, very uh, interested in this and in involved in this, and he was last time. Uh, Pramila Jayapal from uh, the state of Washington has been interested in this. Uh, there are a number of Democrats who feel passionately about it. Whether the timing is right for them to step forward, uh, we'll just have to see in the future. You mentioned um, Chairman Jordan uh, from the House Judiciary. I wanted to ask, you know, since he's taken the gavel, a lot of his focus has, when it comes to big tech has been on 
their handling of online speech. And particularly, he's been very focused on communications between the tech companies and the Biden administration. Do you think that focus is in the right place? Well, I I do, actually, because my argument had always been that uh, big tech is able to discriminate uh, based on content of speech uh, because they have monopolies. And if we had, just like, uh, you know, I, I don't care if the New York Times criticizes a position that I take or a colleague of mine because uh, the Wall Street Journal or the New York Post or another news organization will, uh, you know, set the record straight or, or balance the issue. Uh, the same thing with cable news channels. So you have some on the right and some on the left. Um, there is no monopoly in speech in newspapers or cable news. Uh, when you have monopolies in speech with Facebook and, and Google and Amazon, um, it's dangerous. And so the more that Jim Jordan criticizes the uh, speech content moderation or censorship uh, by these big companies, the more I feel like he's making my argument that we need competition to be able to uh, address the issue. Can you convince him of that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you tried, I'm guessing? <laughs> Jim is a friend, and we've had a number of conversations about it, but I, I uh, am not as persuasive with Jim as I, uh, I, I am with some others. Right, right. I, 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 one more antitrust question, then I want to talk about AI, because I know that's an issue you're trying to work on in a bipartisan way as well. But one area where we are seeing a lot of tech antitrust action is at the Federal Trade Commission. You know, as I'm sure you know, there's this expected lawsuit against Amazon, um, they, they've talked about looking at implications for, for AI, for instance. What do you make of what, you know, Chair Lena Khan is doing over there? Well, I have to tell you, um, I, I look at it more in the totality uh, with the FTC, uh, the Department of Justice Antitrust Division, and the uh, state attorney generals. Really, it's a three-legged stool to me, and, and I'm all in favor of what they're doing in this specific area. I have some policy disagreements uh, with the chair, or actually with the FTC, not just the chair, but uh, with the FTC and some other areas. But when it comes to tech, I think they're absolutely right in how they're approaching uh, these particular uh, lawsuits. I mean, I, the antitrust division has done a great job with the case in the Eastern District of Virginia. And that case is moving uh, swiftly. And, and I think it will have really ramifications for some of the other cases that are being decided in, in other areas. And one of the bills, by the way, that we passed in the last Congress, uh, the, the venue bill uh, for state attorney generals, um, has had a, a dramatic impact already on um, how venue is being determined for some of the uh, some of the cases. And so I, I think that was a, a really major victory for the effort to hold these monopolies accountable. What's your sense or your, your confidence in some of these lawsuits actually being successful or actually bringing about change for the industry? Yeah, the, the challenge with these lawsuits is they are um, uh, lawsuits that take a decade uh, uh, to decide. Between the time that the lawsuit is filed, uh, you've got one uh, administration in office, and then you've got two or three by the time that the case is finally decided uh, by the Supreme Court one way or the other. It, it, the Supreme Court may deny cert or it may accept cert, but uh, that whole process can take eight to 10 years. And so a lot of the harm that ha has been done 
is really old news by the time that we get around to deciding the case. And a lot of times the companies see the futility of moving forward. And so they'll, they'll settle in some way uh, beforehand. But um, I think that the, the challenge with that length of time is keeping the new administration, whatever that is, um, focused and, and not uh, subject to the political pressures that would alter the, the, the focus on the case. I do want to talk about AI. Um, you know, I know that in June, you and some of your colleagues introduced a bill that would create a national commission on artificial intelligence. I'm curious to hear kind of how you envision that being different from some of these other commissions that have been set up in recent years, you know, like the National AI Advisory Committee, the National Security Commission on AI. Um, how would this body be different? Yeah, because I think that the the other bodies are are valuable and they bring a lot of great expertise to the table. Uh, there's only one body that that can and should be uh, um, legislating in this area. There obviously the state legislatures are going to have some role, but primarily it's going to be Congress. And so to have a body that involves members of Congress, especially uh, leadership in in Congress. And to have the experts mingling with the the legislators in that context, I think is really important uh, to make sure that we pass the right laws so that the administration can pass the right regulations to uh, govern this new area, new area that um, has huge potential for good and also uh, is really scary in a lot of ways to people. Do um. I'm going to ask a cynical question. I can't imagine I'm the first cynical journalist you've encountered. Uh, but, you know, this I was talking with a former commerce official, not about AI, on something else. And the, the point that they made is, you know, a, a committee or a task force is kind of what Washington does when it's not sure what else to do. Is that where we are on AI? Is there not enough clarity on what we should be doing that you know, the best thing Washington can do at this point is to set up kind of a commission or, or committee? Well, you know, it's great. I would give you that same quote uh, if it were related to budget issues, for example. Uh, when it comes to hard decisions, Congress wants to kick the ball down the road, kick the can down the road. And so we set up a committee and then we say, and, and next Congress, we're going to take up the recommendations from this committee. So it's really not right. our fault. And when we run for reelection, we can say, you know, we're doing everything we can. We've got a committee studying this issue. Um, uh, Simpson Bowles is, is a perfect example of that. It was a committee. Everybody ran and said, you know, I'm going to wait for the results from Simpson Bowles. And then uh, very little uh, happened that we came from that very good, hardworking uh, group. Um, in this case, I think it's a little bit different. I think what we're talking about with AI is really an unknown. And we've got so many issues, whether it's the Trump indictments, whether it's the oversight of the Biden administration with Hunter Biden, whether it's the, uh, you know, dealing with inflation, dealing with the border. There are so many issues that Congress is dealing with right now that something that is unknown isn't going to rise to the top. Uh, if, if, if tomorrow we were concerned about... Uh, um, you know, Chinese hackers using AI to uh, devastate the banking system in America. Uh, absolutely. We would, Congress would convene and we would bring experts in and we'd uh, legislate and we'd give uh, the administration authority and, and, and resources to deal with that. 
That's not the case right now. No one can identify that uh, you know existential threat from AI. So in this case, I think it's important that we get people together that have the time and focus uh, to address the AI issues in, in a thoughtful way. Um, so I, I see the, the committee kicking the can down the road committee just a little bit different than, than what we're trying to do with AI. Is there, uh, is there a question in your mind that you really want answered on AI or, uh, you know, uh, I wonder if there's like a, yeah, like a, a kind of the big outstanding question that you just haven't, don't feel you've gotten a good answer on. Yeah, the, 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 the main issue for me is how do we protect the public? AI is going to be used in, in the, 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 the businesses, the capitalists, the, the inventors, uh, the risk takers in this country are going to invent things with AI that are going to uh, be used in the healthcare industry that are uh, really almost miracles. Uh, there are huge advances. And we're going to do the same thing with uh, um, so many different sectors of our economy. But my question is, um, and, and those probably are best, they, they happen in an environment with less regulation rather than more regulation. The area I'm most concerned with is that kid that's contemplating suicide. How do we help that kid rather than teach that kid uh, the, the most efficient way to accomplish his goal? Um, and, and, and how do we make sure that we don't have body shaming for teenage girls that causes depression and anorexia and, and other issues? And how do we, so all of those issues that we got wrong, frankly, with the internet, how do we make sure that we get them right with AI and we as, as government officials do our very best to um, advance a new technology that has huge potential in a way that protects our citizens and, and really the, the world from uh, an evil actor using AI in a, in a terrible way? Who in the House do you think of as a leader on AI? I certainly think that, that Ted Lieu, um, uh, my, my friend from uh, California, Ted was the president of the uh, Democrat freshman class when I was the president of the Republican freshman class. And so we've worked together uh, for a number of years on a number of issues. And, and Ted is uh, somebody who really uh, has studied this area and um, I think is a, a great leader on it. Uh, Mike McCall, the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee, um, is the Republican chair of the AI caucus. Uh, I think there are a number of people. I was amazed. Sam Altman came and spoke to the uh, House members, and um, I looked around the room. We probably had 80, 85 members um, on an evening, and we only have uh, three evenings every week in, in D.C., and so to get that many members that cleared their calendar and said, I'm going to do this, is, is really amazing. And all of them had studied issues, and all of them brought concerns to the table. Uh, I, was, I was really impressed by how many people recognized the potential benefits and also harms of AI. I've got to say, as a tech reporter who's covered this stuff for a long time, it definitely seems like more members are interested, you know, and engaged on this, even, even if they don't fully understand it, right, that they that they want to understand it. And that's, you know, ho hopefully our podcast and, you know, reporting is, is informative. But uh, I, I've certainly noticed that myself. Well, listen, I appreciate it. This has been uh, great. Great. Thanks. You have a great day. That is all for Politico Tech today. What action do you want to see Congress take on AI? Tell us at techpodcast at politico.com. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's show comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our senior producer is Annie Reese. 
Our editors are Steve Heuser and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly. I'll see you back here tomorrow. 